Right now, let's talk money. And Mary Holm joins us. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jesse. Nice to have you on the show. And uh, with Christmas on the way, you're thinking about the impact of money on relationships and how couples deal with money. Yeah, look, one of the sad stories that seems to come out every Christmas is that there's an increase in just fighting between couples and sometimes violence, etc. <clears throat> so I was thinking about all that and actually started doing a bit of reading it, what reading around what research has been done, etc. And in the end, I got so much material, I thought... I'm going to make this a two-parter. Yeah. Um, and next time, talk about a, a New Zealand survey on how money issues can harm relationships and and also some, some research on how to do it well, how to, how to make money work well in a relationship. But this time I wanted to talk about a concept that, that they're calling economic harm, um, which is between usually um, harm that's done by one person and a couple on the other person. Um, It applies to heterosexual, homosexual, LGBTQ couples, but generally we are talking about couples rather than there is certainly financial abuse that goes on, say, between um, adult children and older parents, or there's all sorts of other times, other relationships where there are problems. But this one sort of strictly a couple thing um, and just by the way when I was writing it up I thought this is this is one way single people because I've been a single person for fair big chunks of my life yeah. sometimes yeah. feel like we're left out and, and this is one where it's quite good to be left out actually yeah. I, mean, I think single people you know one of the lo- lovely things about it is that you run your own money and yep. no one else is there to play power games with you or anything I know. I've got a single friend at the moment who's trying to buy a house. She's finding it tremendously difficult on on one income to be lent enough to buy something. So I'll uh, I'll let her know. At least she's not arguing each night about what she does with her money. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, look, you're quite right. It's really hard for a single person to buy a house. Um, although, interestingly, are you hearing these days a bit about two single people buying houses together? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. friends or siblings or... That's a whole other topic for another day. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah. this thing, they, they're calling, the last Friday was Economic Harm Awareness Day in New Zealand and in some other countries around the world. And the people who are involved in this are calling it economic harm rather than economic abuse because they found that if they started using the term abuse, then people were quite often saying, well, no, there isn't abuse in our couple. You know, the either the abuser or the, the the person being abused is saying, no, we're not, this is not abuse. Whereas harm is a kind of broader term that um, can encompass things that aren't quite as bad as abuse. Uh-huh. It's, it's kind of abuse without the value judgment, I suppose, right? If you can empirically yeah. show that someone is being harmed, it's... Um maybe doesn't have the same kind of baggage or or might be a bit kind of might be a bit freer of emo, emotive language possibly yeah 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 good 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 way of putting it um and they're also saying economic rather than financial harm because they're also talking about um a person's ability to get work or to get an education can be impaired by the partner making mm. things difficult for them so it's not just 
financial as such. But And look, the experts are saying that it can affect more than half of all New Zealand women at some time in their lives. Now, that's one of those statistics you sort of think, where did that come from? But um, broadly speaking, I suppose there are, you know, what they're saying is that at some point in most, in, in half of women's lives, they're in situations where they're being economically impaired in some way by, by their relationship, um, particularly people with dependent children, mm. and it applies to people at all income levels. It's absolutely not confined to lower income levels. There's some, a lot of stuff goes on in high-income couples where usually it's the man, um, is controlling the woman in, in some subtle or not so subtle ways. Um, yeah, it comes back to power, doesn't it, which is a, a, a huge dynamic in a relationship. Um, stay there for a second, Mary. I'm just, I've got half an eye on the guesses coming through for link three, and I need to give a clue out there because it hasn't been guessed yet. So ladies oh, and gentlemen, okay. if you're playing link three, and if you've had a guess, I'm going to encourage you to be more specific in your guess. If you've got a theme in mind, take a good look at your theme and, and work out if there's something more in common than what you've guessed um, and have another go at it on 2101. No one's got it right yet but lots of you are on the right track. So Mary, people of all income levels including those on a very high income and is there anything particular about New Zealanders that might make this more of a factor? Well, it is sort of observed that we're very private about money in New Zealand. We don't like to tell other people how much we earn. Um, we, funnily enough, we do like to tell people how much we, we made on buying and selling houses. <laughs> <laughs> but not our incomes and not our net worth. And so, you know, the, the thought is that there's a lot of this stuff that's going on without other people realising what's happening. Um, so there's a charity called Good Shepherd, which is, they say they tackle significant issues impacting women, girls and, and families and they offer no and low interest loans and debt coaches to help people out of debt, that sort of thing. And they are taking on this economic harm as another issue they want to want to look after. And um, Diana Crossan, who's the chair, she was a former retirement commissioner, she's saying this is one of the best kept secrets in New Zealand so they're defining it, economic harm, as behaviour that controls, restricts or removes the person's access to money or economic resources or participation in financial decisions. So it's very broad, really. Mm. Um, and they, some examples, that they had held a seminar last Friday, which I, a Zoom seminar, which I watched, and some examples that came out of that was when a person, one person and a couple couldn't access the bank accounts or didn't know how much money they had, or their mortgage had been topped up without that person's knowledge. The other partner's topped up the mortgage, um, which shouldn't be happening if it's a joint mortgage, but apparently does sometimes. Um, Co-owner of a family business, but they don't know what's happening in the business, and you hear that quite often. The woman, that's usually the woman, gets talked into being a director of the business, and then she's just told to sign papers here and there, and next minute she finds things bankrupt and she didn't even realise what was going on. Um, People are forced to borrow in their name only because usually it's the man um, doesn't, can't borrow because he's got a bad credit record. So 
sorry, the woman forced to do the borrowing or sabotaging employment opportunities for training and education and that sort of thing. Um, I met a woman a while back who, and she was wealthy. They, she and her husband had quite a few commercial properties, etc. But she said she wanted to leave him but he had always told her that she was bad with money, and so she said, well, I'm just bad with money, so I just don't do anything with it. But now I don't really know how much money we've got and where it is, and that made her feel unable to leave a relationship she did want to leave. So I think that kind of thing happens. I think, to some extent, women have got to take responsibility for this themselves, especially early in a relationship. They've got to say, you know, I want some say in this. Um, but but if you've got to the point where um, there's a problem going on and you feel you can't get out of it, then you can get help. So it's, I'm not saying at that point that you have to just say, oh, well, it was all my fault. That's not helpful. Yeah, um, no. Yeah. Um, but, or it might happen that in the beginning it's consensual, um, it's based on trust, and it's not until it's too late that you realise you couldn't trust that person. Or I suppose if the other person is using you know, kids or something like that as a bargaining chip, that also makes it extremely difficult if you're asking people to make choices like that. Indeed. And, and you know, sometimes perfectly nice, and it usually is the man, so I'll just say quite simply, um, perfectly nice man, and then he perhaps gets into trouble in a business situation or has a gambling problem or something. And so a problem, a financial problem builds up without the woman's knowledge when the guy isn't so much bad, but things have gone wrong, you know. But nonetheless, the woman gets caught in this in this awful trap. And this is actually it's a crime under the Family Violence Act to behave in these ways, and it comes under psychological violence. But mm. Good Shepherd Charity says it should be addressed separately because it's not necessarily psychological as such. It's it's just financial, but that's horrible enough. Um, yeah. They also say there's, where there's physical violence, there's nearly always economic harm as well. Not always, but usually. Whereas it doesn't obviously follow the other way. Quite often there's economic harm without physical violence, mm -hmm. but, but they can go hand in hand. Well, some of the stories that came out in the seminar the other day was a woman choosing between paying for electricity or medications for her children because her husband was giving her so little money she couldn't pay both the power and the medications. Or a woman who met her husband at age 15 and then the relationship lasted 17 years and when she left it, she found that she was $30,000 in debt. So there's all these horrible stories out there that, and they could be happening to someone, a couple you know well, because people are so private about it that, um, you know, that, that one of the points that was made that even in healthy relationships, there's very different viewpoints on money, usually, um, that come out of people's childhoods. Um, and the, the whole thing can start quite innocently where the guy says, you look after the kids and I'll work and handle the money. And unfortunately, some women are only too happy to accept that. They think money's hard. They've been taught to think it's complicated, and it's not. <laughs> you know, if, they, if they do the, the, the sort of things you and I have talked about over the weeks, um, it's not hard, it's not difficult, and it, it, you don't have to be bright or, or anything else. You can handle your own money. Um, hmm. But, yeah. Um, okay, we've got five minutes to go, Mary, and I'll just, um, I still can't see a correct answer on link three, so I'm going to tell you, everybody, that the, um, 
The songs have a person in common. I'm going to need the name of a person, a famous person, uh, and that's going to be your key to winning Link 3 today, 2101. A lot of you have got the, the right kind of, you're on the right track, but you need to add a person, a famous person to your answer. Uh, back to you, Mary. I know I don't usually have to spoon feed it like this, but it has was a particularly obscure uh, link today. So it's tough one today, yeah. 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 Um, well, just just quickly to say what what's happening about this economic harm problem. Uh, people like financial mentors, of course, are getting wise to it, and some banks and some debt collectors are becoming more aware of it. Apparently, and Bankers Association put out a statement saying that banks. They were sort of saying that banks can be a bit can be a bit tricky for banks. They they train staff to recognise the signs of, of economic harm, but they've got to be sensitive to customers' situations and wishes. So if customers ask them to do something, they can't really step in and say, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Because you know, if my bank said that to me, I'd be I'd be unhappy. I would say so. They've got to strike a balance between being vigilant and following instructions from customers. Mm. And, and so it's, it's not easy for banks, I'd have to say, but good if they're taking more notice of it. They want the, the police and the family courts to be more understanding, the credit rating agencies. not to, So if a couple split and, and the woman has got terrible credit rating because of what's happened during the relationship, the requests coming through from people like Good Shepherd is not to damage their credit rating for too long. You know, don't have it hanging over them for years and years after that, but give them a chance to get back on their feet again and asking businesses in some situations to waive debts and also not ask too many questions. One of the guys at the seminar said, if, if you're asking too many questions of the woman how did you get into this situation? It makes them relive the whole nightmare again. Mm. So, so it's tricky because at the same time you can't expect businesses to be just right, left and centred saying, oh, look, you don't have to pay us the money you owe us. Um, but we all need to be kind of more sensitive to this situation being there and trying to help people. The place to get help is the Good, Good Shepherd website. Don't just Google Good Shepherd because you get a whole lot of churches and things. <laughs> if, you, if you Google Good Shepherd NZ, you get onto the Good Shepherd website and they've got a whole lot of resources and further information about this. So I just hope people who are listening who feel like they might be in this situation or know somebody who is, go to that website and, and ask for some help because it's not okay for this to be happening. Um, I've heard from a few people I might share with you, Mary. Um, Paula, who says she's the CEO of a problem gambling organisation, she says people have no idea how many partners, mostly women, have found themselves impoverished because of a partner's harmful gambling, pokies, sports betting, etc. is a real hidden problem. You sort of alluded to that, didn't you? Yeah, but that is awful to hear that it's common. Yeah, so um, just people have to be aware of these things. Yeah. One of the things, says somebody else, one of the things that married partners don't seem to appreciate is that if you have both have separate bank accounts and you suspect your partner is spending their income on things like gambling and hidden investments, you have to go to the courts to get consent to access their bank account. By that time, it's probably too late, yeah. and you, the other partner, is now equally liable to the debts uh, of... Yeah. 
your partner, it's completely dumb and a joint account doesn't help that much either. It's got its own issues, so very tricky. It's, it's, nev- it's never black and white. No, and you and I are going to solve the problems this afternoon, but the first step is really for people to be aware of it and look on the Good Shepherd website for help. Yeah. Nice to talk to you. Thank you very much, Mary, and we'll look forward to part two of your series on uh, relationships and couples and money in a couple of weeks' time. Good. Okay, thanks. Bye. All right. Mary Holm, uh, our financial, personal finance expert here on RNZ National.